save it to photos again. I'm gonna also do that. You can, uh, what do you have to say? Once you take a picture, once you do it? Yeah. Take both sides and show it to Kim as well. Yeah, I know. This is Maranatha Remnant Ministries. My name is Christian Gossett. Um, we just got done doing worship by, uh, by Upper Room. It's called Maranatha. And the thing is, what's great about it is that that's literally our ministry. Is come, Lord Jesus, for your remnant, for your small quantity. And I just think like... And now we have a series, The Second Coming of Christ, so it's even more so, you know what I mean, how prophetic it is and how it's like just really talking about these times and these days of um, where we're coming at, you know, it's, it's not a place of being scared but being rejoicing because our marriage day is coming up. Thank you, Lord. And the Spirit and the Bride are saying, come, Lord, come, Lord, for us. And I, I just I just love that because it's it's a beautiful day where, you know, if you maybe if you guys don't understand because you know you're new to the faith or whatever, we're actually married to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Yeah. Now that sounds weird because we're like, well, we're men and women. No, we, he sees us as his bride, and that's what we're coming in a holy matrimony and connected and being as Thank one, you, right? And um, I love how this is Hallelujah to the Lamb. I mean how. I guess, like, for me and, and most of the people here, I built, like, an endurance this past weekend. We, I went to a church. It's called um, Fresh Start in Peoria, the, the doorkeepers of revival. And we worshiped for an hour and 30 minutes. Before anything was preached, we worshiped for an hour and 30 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was that long. Mm -hmm. 
And the thing is, we just as as the body of Christ, you don't we don't really have the endurance for like all ten minutes. We're thinking about other things. Imagine you'll be in the throne room of God. All you're gonna be doing is singing. All you're gonna be doing is praising. All you're gonna be doing is dancing and, and jumping around and just being excited that you're with Him now. So uh, I just want to encourage you guys: don't ever get discouraged if you're not where you need to be. But God will take you there if you're willing to go the the distance. So, um, with that being said. Before we jump in, and we have our guest speaker today, Pastor Carmen, so it's going to be a great word. Does anyone have any praise reports, any testimonies they would like to share before we, uh, we hop in? Yes. Okay, go for it. Baby Boston is doing real good. Glory to God. Um, her mercy is gone and... Yes, glory to God. Her mother is following God and praising God and getting closer to God. Amen. And even the doctor that gave us all the terrible news once upon a time, he's even looking at life a lot different. Yeah. And I thank God every day, every second. Praise Him every day. And it's a miracle. So ever since that encounter, what was about a month ago? October 15th. October 15th. Yes. Would you say your life has changed? My life has changed. Come on. <laughs> Glory to God. For that one encounter, just to get a prayer for the baby. Yes, amen. God totally did a wrecking ball move of people getting saved, you rededicating your life, the baby being healed. I mean, I don't, that's just, that's just one story. But that one story changed a complete family's life upside down. Amen. So glory yes. to God. It's amazing. Christian, I was going to share something like, I, this isn't like miraculous or anything, but God cares about even the little things. Yep. I went to Sedona and I did my last customer um, and somebody pointed out to me that the, my tire went flat and it cost me, you know, some time to get it changed and everything. And I got home super late. But the point was, I thought about that. What if, what if I had just, just left just a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. driving down that, the mountains of Sedona? I could have been stuck on the side of the road. Totally. I could have, you know, going 75 miles an hour. Because right. the thing went completely flat. It had That's a nail crazy. in it. So that he timed it exactly like that. See, it's easy to focus on the flat and say, why'd you let me get a flat, right? Instead of the protection that he gave me that it happened just like that. Right. And had somebody there, you know, to help me change it. And, you know, yeah. so I thought, how cool was that? Because changing a tire in a big van is different than yeah. in a car. Yeah. So, Definitely. but that to me is a praise report that Amen. he protected me and kept me safe. Yeah, has a protection right there. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, I'm not saying God does stuff to like punish people or, or cause pain, but how about if you weren't following the the will of God. No, that's a hundred percent. I, I, I would have not been able to receive the protection that yeah. he had for me That's good. and abide in the secret place of the most high. Right. You know, so true. Yeah. Also, um, I, I wanted to share too, cause you know, um, pretty much finalizing everything for the house and then next Friday I'll be moving in. So glory to God. That's, that's a huge testimony. Nice. That's from, close. Yeah. So glory to God on that. I'm so barbecue thankful. at the Christian. House. Yeah. I'm going to set everything up. Then you guys are all invited, but, uh, we'll do water baptisms there too. So I got a pool. <laughs> Think about that too. So just saying, huh? 
Just saying, if you want to do water baptisms. But we also have done um, discipleship class. I want to talk about that for a second. Me and Pastor Carmen, you know, Pastor Carmen did the first one. We did it on Halloween. I did this past Tuesday. If you haven't heard of it, check it out online. It's called Deliverance from Strongholds. I want to do a Deliverance Strongholds Part 2. But um, for now, because it got the receiver cut off and it died, I want to definitely do more. But it was amazing. Um, just the person that I got to pray for, her name's Alice. And I prayed for her maybe six weeks ago to receive the Holy Ghost. And I prayed for her over the phone, not in person. And she didn't even know what it was. I said, do you want to receive the Holy Ghost of fire? Because the, the Lord brought it up into my spirit. And she says, and he said, she's interested. She wants that. She needs that. But really, she didn't even know what it was. And I said, do you want the Holy Ghost and fire? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm willing to receive whatever God has for me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good enough, right? <laughs> so yeah. that, that, that is an agreement. And God filled her, but she didn't speak in the evidence of tongues just yet. Well, then she started say, sharing her story uh, this past Tuesday that something would start coming up when she'd be praying and she would stop because she got scared. So she would just like let it go, right? So she did that a couple of times. And then Chelsea told her like, you know, just start practicing like boo, boo, bop, bop, beep, beep, stuff like that. Just to get in that place of getting past the mindset of what it might sound like and letting the spirit take over. So she did. And she said she got filled with the spirit. I mean, she was already filled with the spirit, but now she had the evidence of speaking in new tongues. Man. So I thought that's a, that's an amazing thing too, just over the phone. And I knew that God did amazing, but don't be scared, you know, with the gifts that God's given us too. You know, it, it's different when we do deliverance for the first time, or we pray for the sick and they get healed the first time, or we speak with new tongues the first time. Just realize that it's a gift from God. So don't, so he always says, fear not, fear not. Right. So don't fear. The spirit of fear is uh, an evil thing, and God has not given it to us, but power, love, and a sound mind. So um, before I start preaching, I need to pass over to Pastor Carmen. So, um, uh, Ian, do you want to pray us out in prayer? Do you mind? Pray us in. Yeah, pray us in. Yeah, pray us out and in. Out out from the world into the spirit. (laughs) All right. Father God, thank you for bringing us here together. Everyone here is safe and sound. It's you and Pastor Carmen preaching? Uh, Pastor Carmen. Pastor Carmen. Okay. I pray that Pastor Carmen, he just led in the spirit. Yes. That everyone here has eyes to see, ears to hear, and that you give us hearts of understanding, Lord, that we're here to hear your word and nothing else. Thank you for bringing us here together. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, let's welcome Pastor Carmen. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. Do we want it straight at an angle? What do you think? Like that? What do you think? Like this? Yeah, I just have to be able to see. Can you see? Yeah, I can see. Okay. Well, let's get started. And uh, Christian has been talking about um, end times. And I'm going to come at it from a little different angle, which is instead of, you know, because we could talk about the seals and we could talk about the lake of fire. We could talk about all these different things. But what does it mean that Jesus is coming back, right? What does that mean to you? What changes if he shows up today? Right. And the question to you is this. Are you ready to leave your body and stand before him? And do you believe you'll hear well done? Mm -hmm. See, we get so caught up in making it to heaven 
And I've said this before, but as Christians, that's not your goal. Mm -hmm, that's right. Your goal is to finish your assignment. Yes. <coughs> Getting born again gives you access to heaven. And then you're a part of the body of Christ. You're a part of the army of the Lord. And then you take your position. And I've said this before, but when I was in the Air Force... We, you want to come back safe to the base, but if we just went out, flew, and came back to the base and said, hey, we made it, they'd be like, what about the mission? Yeah, but we got home safe. Right. No, no, you got to complete your mission. So going to heaven is not the goal. Going to heaven is, the, um, is, is going back home. Right. Does that make sense? In other words, we have been deployed from heaven, That's sent right. to the earth, for such a time as this. Yes. And if we don't get that mindset of purpose, why you draw breath, why you're doing what you're doing, then we're going to miss out on what God has for us. So what does that look like if he came back right now? Right. Now, again, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you've accomplished everything you want to accomplish because I haven't. But here's how he said it to me. So so let's 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 make a... Let's, let's put it in practical terms where what does it look like that while you're still walking your journey out, hmm. what is a good gauge? Because the Bible talks about examine yourself to see if you're in faith. Mm -hmm. So you need to check yourself mm -hmm. to see where you're at. Make sense? Mm -hmm. And I'm big on checklists because I used to fly. Like I said, I used to fix com you know, computers on the AWACS and there was a checklist that you did. And we as Christians should have checklists to know right. if we're on fire, if we're doing his will. Right. Right. And here's how he spoke it to me. He said, son, if you can wake up in the morning and go to sleep at night and believe that you did everything that he was telling you to do that day. In other words, nothing was left undone. Nothing scratching at you. Oh, I should have did this. Oh, I should. No, no. You believe you obeyed to the best of your abilities that day. Now, if you can't say that, then start checking your heart and saying, okay, Lord, what do I have to do to fulfill this call? Because it's not about performance. It's not about winning, you know, 16 people to Jesus today. It's not about praying in tongues for six hours. It's not about any of that. It's about obedience to command. What is he telling you to do this day? And then doing that to the best of your abilities. And if you can't say you've done that, then repent and say, Lord, from this day forward, I'm going to do what you, you're calling me to do. You know, I use this analogy, but what do they say the average person that retires dies, what, five years later? How pathetic wow. is that? You give a company 20, 25, 30 years of your life, that company gets your best. Yeah. And God gets the leftovers. Yeah, that's true. Or you get in your RV and you travel the country and bug, bug your family and you die five years later. Wow, what a life. Really? Is that it? Is that what we're here for? Now, I know that's blunt and, and, and that sounds rude, but... No, straight up, though. Right? But why, why should God get the leftovers? That's good. The world gets all your youth. Wow. And your strength and your vitality, mm -hmm. and God gets the leftovers. Preach. Wow. It's wrong. Preach. So when you quote retire from secular labor, you're not retiring from life. You're just changing employers. Mm -hmm. 
so to speak. God is your employer. God is your source. Yeah. And you're just changing what you're doing. Right. Right? So anyway, um, but what does it mean to be ready? What does it mean to, to stay ready? Right? I heard this, this term and it said, um, when you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Mm. And I like that because you're ready all the time. That's good. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, but in Matthew 25, if you want to turn there, there's so much in this, but Matthew 25, go ahead and put your eyes on it. Think through my mind, Lord, speak through my vocal cords. I'm reading out of the New King James Version, Matthew 25. Mm-hmm. I hear pages turning, so I want to make sure you're still there. You know, it's so funny. Everyone has a Bible here, Ooh. and it's all paperback. It's not even like the phone. That's I, love cool. I, I love it. I love it. The paperback. Paper. I, I will get distracted if I use my phone. I'll be tempted on Facebook. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, that's good, good point. Good. Yep. Matthew twenty-five one says, "Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom." Now, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Now, does that sound like somebody that's ready? Why would you take a lamp without oil? Ah, we'll just get some on the way. That's like getting in your car and driving without any gas. Ah, we'll, we'll find a gas station somewhere. Yeah, it's a risk. Thus the word foolish virgins, right? Took their lamps, took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So both had lamps. One took oil, one did not. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. At midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. So apparently they had enough oil to just have a little bit of light. Well, I never saw it like that before. That's a lot of Christians. Just enough fire to be, you know, to be dangerous, but not enough to be mm-hmm. effective. Right. But the wise answered, say no, lest there should be not enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Why didn't they do that before? They weren't ready. Mm. Right? And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in to him to the wedding and shut, and the door was shut. Now, it didn't say they got ready. Right. It said they were ready. Yeah. I heard a, a really good uh, analogy from Corey Russell. Corey Russell prayed over me this last weekend at the revival. And he's all about the secret place, having that burning desire to pray and do intercession and what he said about this particular parable was that this oil is your anointing and your oil is based off your history with god and that you can't give someone that oil because it's only gained between you and god so they were trying to like build this relationship with god now and it was already too late and they shut the door and they went into the wedding 
Does that make sense? Yeah. So anyways, I just want to share yeah. that with the with people because I thought it was a really great analogy how you said yeah, that. Yeah, you bet. And then 20, or was it 15, 11? Afterwards, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open up to us. Mm. But he answered and said, Surely I say to you, I don't know you. Oof, now think Jesus. about that. Do you oh, want to hear that? Yeah. I don't. Watch, therefore... This is Jesus talking. Yeah, you think we should saying. pay attention? Jesus talking. Red it's red letters. It's in red, right? Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So good. Right? So we don't know. Now let's continue because this is another example, the parable of talents. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants, delivered his goods to them, and to one he gave five talents, to another two, another one. Listen, here's the key. To each according to his own ability, which tells me the master knew their ability. And they determined, that's good, Lord, how many talents they got based on their ability and based on what they could be trusted with, right? Mm -hmm. And he went on a journey. Then he, he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And this is why it's asinine. People don't think God wants you to prosper. Well, what, is, what about this? What do we do with this? Well, anyway. And likewise, he who had received two talents gained two more also. But he who received one went and dug in the ground and hid the Lord's money. Now, whose money is this? The Lord's, the Lord's money, right? Watch this. After a long time, so they had no excuse. They had plenty of time to get ready. Right. It was a long time, right? Uh. The Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Who gave him the five talents? The Lord. The Lord did, right? Right. Watch this. Look, I have gained five more besides them. Now, if God was against you prospering, he'd say, you wicked servant, why, did you, why, did, why would you focus in on money? Why weren't you out just leading people to Jesus? Why were you just worried about money? Or why, Right? Now watch this. This is important. His Lord said, well done. Not, oh, you greedy person, you, because you traded and you doubled your investment. Well done. Is it in red? Well done, good and faithful servant. So what, is, what, is, what does God consider a good and faithful servant? One that went out and did something with what he was given. Right? Now watch this. He said, you were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. What determined him being ruler over many things? Being faithful with few things. Yes. Right? Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also, who received two talents, came. Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Exact same thing. He didn't penalize him because he only had two talents in the beginning. You notice that? Same reward, end of the joy of the Lord. Verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were you to be a hard man. Now stop and think about that. Does a hard man give somebody money to invest? Does he? No. no. Unless he trusts them enough that they know that they're going to multiply it. Right. No, no. I'm saying, I'm saying he said you're a hard man. A hard man doesn't just give you money, right? Right. So, so that's that's wrong. Number two, he says, he said, um, reaping where you have not sown—that's a lie. Mm-hmm. 
because he sold into them. He gave them money. So there's two lies. That's so good. Right? Two lies, yeah. And then he said, gathering where you have not scattered seed. That was the third lie. Wow. Can you see this? So he had this distorted view, thinking that this man was hard, thinking this man reaped where he hadn't sowed, and scattered where he didn't scatter seed, right? And I was what? Afraid. That's what fear will do. It will distort your vision. Fear will distort you, right? And he was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Now, that could also mean talent like your giftings as well. But here he's talking about money. So if someone tried to argue the point like, well, this is a parable. This is just an analogy. And you're taking it too literal. How would you say or how would you defend your case against? Right. Well, number one, he said, if you're faithful and little, I'll make you ruler over much. Right. So you're going to be ruling over analogies. Right. Yeah. Right. You'll see more here in a minute. You'll see. Watch. I'll okay. show you. Okay. He said, and I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here, there you have what is yours. So, but the Lord answered and said to him, you what? You wicked, wicked and lazy, and lazy servant. servant. Now, if, if God wanted you broke, he'd have said, well done, you hole digger, you. Good job, man. You went and hid that money in the earth and did nothing with it. Good job, man. No, he said, you wicked and lazy servant. You'll see he's talking about money here in just a second. Mm-hmm. And not just a metaphor. Okay, now watch this. You knew that I reap where I haven't sown, huh? He's basically saying, okay, okay, I'm going to judge you by the words of your own mouth. Really? That's what you're saying? I reap where I haven't sown? I gather where I have not scattered seed? So you ought to have deposited my what? Money. Money. With the banker. You deposited my metaphor? My money. This is talking about money with the bankers. Mm -hmm. You're going to put a metaphor in a bank? So there's your your proof. He's not talking about just some analogy. He's talking about real investments and real money. Yes, and and another thing is that I've heard that Jesus spoke in parables because 95% of the people didn't know how to read, so he had to make it like, so it would make sense to them, like farming and... Well, that and he also said, the disciples said, why do you speak to them in parables? What does that mean? That means he didn't speak to his disciples in parables when they were alone. He said, because their eyes have become dull, Mm. their eyes, they have closed. Mm. That's why. So keep going. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So this is clearly talking about money right? Or investing what they were given. And again, it could definitely work with your gifts and talents as well. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance, but from him who does not have it, even what he has will be taken away. Cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now that's pretty powerful, isn't it? So here's my point. People say, well, I'm just as good a Christian staying at home. No, you're not. Because you can't, number one, you can't serve at home. Number two, it says don't neglect the body of Christ. 
right? It says don't neglect the gathering. Now, now let's talk about this because we talked about this. Well, I'll go to church when God tells me to. When God's already put it in His Word, He's already told you. So never again do you pray for something that's in this Word. You already have your instructions. So you don't pray and ask God to do it differently. Well, God, when you tell me something, I'll do it. He already put it in, 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 in instructions right here. Go ahead, Christian. Yeah, so going back, highlighting Matthew 25, verse 26, where he says, But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, uh-huh. you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. And what David Hernandez said was really amazing. He's like, God can work with you in your past. God can work with you and your insecurities or your character, but God will not anoint and really can't help you if you're lazy. Yep. He's not going to anoint a lazy person because a lazy person won't do it. You know what I mean? They don't have the, the will. They don't have the motivation. And if you notice, a lot of people that are lazy, it affects their whole life. Like, they don't work, they don't do anything, they don't really care about their appearance. They, I mean, everything's just a wash, right? So I, I wanted to highlight that even if you're struggling with, you know, strongholds and stuff, God can work with that. But if you're lazy, mm-hmm. that's where that anointing is never going to be there because you're asking for, oh, Lord, what's the 10th step? And you never took the first step. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, what did he say? I'll bless the works of your hands. hands. Behold, he gave you the power to get wealth yes. through your hands, right? Go ahead, Maggie. Well, going back to not going to church, someone was saying that to me too. And I just said, that sounds like an antichrist spirit. That's exactly that what that is. That the devil. The mm-hmm. devil is the one that said, don't go to church. Because he doesn't want you with other yeah, believers. What else exactly. did he say? The body of Christ is compacted by that which every joint supplies. Mm-hmm. How are you bringing your supply at home? So I'm saying all this because the, 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 the man, the leper that came to him and said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I will be clean. But how many millions of people still pray, Lord, if it be your will, heal so-and-so. Well, we have scripture. So once you have instructions, then you don't have to pray anymore. Think about your job. What would happen, Christian, on your job if you have an assignment to do? And it's in writing. Well, let's make it a better way. Let's say on your job, they say, the uniform, like, like my boss told me, I said, is there any way we can not wear steel-toed shoes? He goes, yeah, you can get another job. Damn. That's pretty clear, right? <laughs> right? If, if it says to you, steel-toed shoes are required, yeah. then what part of that don't you understand? It's true. Right? And these morons sometimes will go to work without steel-toed shoes. I said, dude, you understand if somebody, if something drops on your foot and breaks your toe, they will not pay for that. Better not tell anybody. <laughs> right? Suck it up. Anyway, my point is, is, is if it's in writing, you don't have to pray about it. Right. Yeah. See, but, 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 but we're waiting to hear from God. So in other words, Lord, your word's not good enough for me. I need something more. Yeah. Like the person who's, who's, who's supposed to, oh, he's a good person, but he goes to hell. Well, if he hadn't received Jesus, then he's not a good person. Because he's saying, my goodness or I'm good enough the way I am. I don't need you, Jesus. Right. Boy, we're being nice tonight, aren't we? Oh, so right. so being, being ready means what? Yeah. It means you're prepared. Yeah. 
It means, thank you, Lord, that's good. It means you've taken steps before you got to that position. You started preparing before you actually needed to do that thing. Right. So just piggybacking off what Pastor Carmen said, I feel like the Holy Spirit gave me a perfect analogy this week for myself, and I want to share with you guys, is that the Holy Spirit is the fire in your soul. It's the fire that's burning inside of you. But if you, don't, if you do not participate with the Holy Spirit, then that fire will get dull, and that fire will lose its flame, per se. It'll still burn, but it'll be like this little light of mine. When it could be a big bonfire, right? This and little light of mine. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm going to let it shine. So the Lord's like, this is how the Holy Spirit demonstrated it. So imagine this. The Holy Spirit is a fire within you. Well, how do you keep that fire going? He says, every time you read my word, it's like throwing pages into the flame. Pages into the flame. So that actually would increase a real fire. And then he said, how do you do that if you start running out of and keeping that fire hot? Keep it to a temperature that it needs to be. He says, what do you use? You usually breathe on the fire, go like this. Every time you pray, it's like breathing into that, that flame, grabbing, reading the word, throwing it into the fire. And he showed me how to keep that fire lit. And I just envisioned a campfire. Like if I put this Bible in the fire, it will burn. And if I really want to get it hot, I have to apply the wind or blow on it. To get it even hotter, and that's what he so, so go go to Second Timothy one, okay, and then one of you guys, uh, Ian, look that up in the Amplified, will you? Second Timothy one in the Amplified. What version do you have, Christian? New King James. That's what I have. Does any of you guys have something different than the Amplified, like NIV or? Okay, why don't you look, uh, why don't you read that first in 2 Timothy uh, 1 verse, um, what does verse 6 say? Uh, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hand. Okay, so God's going to fan the flame, right? Mm -hmm. No. Read it again. Read again, read again. Therefore I... For this reason, I remind you to fan the flame. But the so God's going to fan the flame? No. Who's going to fan the flame? We will. Is that pretty clear? Yes. Yeah. In the words of my Italian ancestors, what part of that don't you understand? And see what the great <laughs> part of it too was that he gave me that analogy mm-hmm. and then the word backs it up. Yep. So read yours, um, yeah. Ian. It says... That is why I reminded you to fan into the flame the gracious gift of God, that inner fire, the special endowment. <laughs> inner fire. Through the laying on my, on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. Men, and then New King James Christian. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. God's going to stir it up. On of hands. Can I read the? I'm going to read the next verse. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound. And re- read that verse in yours, um, please. All right. Well, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. Self-discipline. Okay. Now, Ian, read yours in the Amplified, kind sir. 
This is kind of cool. Is it seven? Mm -hmm. Yes. It says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. Personal discipline. In calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. So God's going to discipline you? No. You did. Listen, you listen to me. I want you to hear this very, very well. We have to watch things. Okay, listen. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Your spirit already belongs to God if you're born again. So when the Bible talks about you, it's talking about the spirit man. Okay? It's your body. Let's do that. I wasn't going to do that, but I think I should. Let's go to Romans that okay to be led by the Spirit? Yeah. Let's go to Romans 12. It's a little different today, isn't it? I can smell that flesh burning, huh? <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and then Romans. Now that's cool. That's cool you're looking it up. I love that. There's some people that be prideful and won't look it up and... And admit that they don't know something. So mm -hmm. I commend you for that. Romans 12. Romans 12. 1. Okay. Now, going back to lazy, that's your flesh. But can it also be a stronghold? That will cause you to be lazy? Like exaggerated, probably, right? Overwhelmed. Like a, that would be a stronghold, right? I haven't... I ha depression. <laughs> yeah. Heaviness. I yeah. Wondering. Depends, right? You know, I, that, that's a good... I haven't really studied that, but I kind of think it's more... When you're lazy, it means you choose to be lazy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because even if, you, even if you have a situation where you're dealing with something, you could still get up and right. fight through it, right? You can resist the devil. You cannot be lazy, but still not knowing the word. And, and you're... No, we're just talking about lazy. Though. Yeah, just well, being lazy. lazy. not going to work. Yeah, so if you don't know the word because you're lazy, because you didn't put the... Yeah, right? See, to me, that's good. Uh, that's good, Lord. Lazy is a choice. You're choosing to be lazy. You're not born that way? No. I've seen little ones being lazy. No, they were trained to do that. They were trained to do that. Yeah. What about if you're just lazy, but you don't have any common sense? Right, but, but that's, not, that's not lazy because if you have no common sense and you, you could still go and do a bunch of things, it may not amount to much, but at least you're trying. You see what I'm saying? Like you may not have any smarts or any sense, but lazy means that you're... Um, you're choosing not to do something. You're laying around, you're lounging, right? I mean, what, what do you think? What's your definition of somebody? If you say, man, you are so lazy, what does that mean to you? And just everyday vernacular. Right, so what is the characteristics of that? Um, knowing you're capable of going to work and providing for the family, and you just choose. You choose. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. You choose to stay at home. You choose not to go. You choose to sleep in instead of getting off your butt. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. Maggie and then Grandpa. So how do you help someone that's in your household, like your child, if, it, if they're lazy? How do you encourage that? Right. Well, for one thing, you pray the, eyes, the Ephesians prayers, mm-hmm. the eyes of understanding being enlightened. Mm-hmm. You, you, you tell them, look, man, you, are so, you have so much potential in you. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. so much good you have in you. And I want to see you succeed rather than... You know, why don't you get up and do this? What is your problem? Why don't you get up and do this? Right. That doesn't motivate. Uh, yeah, the Ephesians prayers. It's Ephesians one, around verse seventeen. Twenty-one. Yeah, and then and then the Ephesians three, uh, like fifteen, sixteen, and you'll know because it says, "I pray for you," or yeah. So you'll you'll see it, or or yeah, uh, Grandpa. What were you gonna say? Wow. I was thinking uh, <clears throat> that applies when you're already in your senses for a young person. But when you see a, 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 a person, let's say, younger than five, that they don't know the difference, but you can tell that they're already lazy because they are. Right, because they've been trained that way. No, no, no. They're already, they're, they're little kids. They don't have enough common sense to... Right, but they, that's what I'm saying, though. It has nothing to do with intelligence. They haven't been taught. Look, you need to get up and clean your room. You but need to do this. You need to do the that. I've seen kids around five that you need to. You don't need to tell them. Oh, yeah. Sure. Already, sure. Already, wow. Look at this kid. Right. Again, it's a choice. Yeah. See what I'm saying? You could be plumb stupid and still not be lazy. Right. Right. So, okay, Romans 12. Let's read this. Romans 12, 1, verse one. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, he's talking to your spirit, man, you, right? You present your body. See, there's a difference. This is not you. This is your body. So you present your body. See the difference? You is the spirit, man. That's who he's talking to. So you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reason to reasonable service and don't be conformed to this world but you be transformed by the renewing of what your mind mind. see so that's where i got this you are spirit you have a soul you live in a body Mm -hmm. right and so we have a choice not to let the world conform us to their way of thinking like this whole thing with this deal about men with men and women with women the world is shoving that down our throats aren't they trying to make you believe that that's normal and that's okay. And if you don't believe that, then you're a stupid person, right? We used to agree to disagree, right? It used to think, look, you think that way and that's okay. We don't have to think the same. But now it's like the liberal godless people. It's like, if you don't think this way, you're stupid. You're a hater. Is that really the truth? Right? So I'm not entitled to, to, to believe what the Bible says. I have to believe it your way. So what am I saying is... The world tries to shove it down your throat. Mm -hmm. And like Pastor David said, you don't have to be ugly to somebody. Just say, no, I don't believe it that way. I believe this Bible. If that hurts you and disrespect, I'm sorry. Now, you're not judging the person. You're judging the action. Mm -hmm. See, that's what God does. He doesn't judge the the person, so to speak. He's judging the action. Because you love people. You hate the sin, but you love people. Don't you have relatives like that? Man, I love them, but they're just a handful you love them. You just don't love this action. So I think what's coming up to me is communicate with him that, listen, I love you. And I want the best for you. And this 
particular behavior is not going to produce the best for you. And I want to see you succeed. Uh, let me help you succeed. What can I do to help you succeed? I, I think that's a key. Does that make sense? So anyway, you know, that's what the world does. They shove things down your throat and says, if you don't believe it this way, you're the one that's weird. You're the one that's wrong. Not some archaic, you know, that's what they think of this is some archaic book that's out of date. No, no, the word's alive. Every time you read, present your body a living sacrifice, it's new. Right? It's, it's new. It's living. Anyway, so the point is, I brought that up for a reason because we want to say things like, oh God, I want to give you all of me, or, and that's a good thing, but your spirit does already belong to him. Yeah. So you have to train your body. And in James, he says, if you control your tongue, you control your body. Yeah. So if your body's lazy, mm -hmm. jump on your tongue. Watch what you're saying. Grab yourself by the ear and say, this is what you're going to do. I've done that. I'd be working and, and it'd be Friday and it's two o'clock. And I'm like, no, come on, man. Come on, Carmen. Let's go. We got three more stops. And come on. We can take off. But hey, 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 you know, and grab yourself and say, this is what you're going to do. I tell my body that if, like, before I eat my first, first keto protein bar, it'll be 8.30 or whatever, the, and, and the body says, no, I said, shut up. You'll eat when I tell you. Well, when? When I put the food in your mouth. <laughs> right? That's how I treat my body, like a little kid. You're not very nice to you. No. <laughs> but not, that, see, that's not who he is. That's though. not who I am. That's my body. That's my body does what I say. He said right here, this body is actually your sacrifice. Because he said, present it as a living sacrifice, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. so, so in my mind, I tell my mind what to think. Mm -hmm. Hey, hey, don't you think about that. Mm -hmm. Hey, don't you look at that woman, mm -hmm. right? Don't you do it. Ian, hey, oh, don't do it. <laughs> See, and you tell your mind what to think. We are not victims here, mm -hmm. right? Will, you're my will. Yeah. You're going to get your butt up and you're going to go do that. Emotions, you're going to settle down right now. Mm -hmm. I have authority over my emotions. Yeah. I tell Carmen how he feels. Right. Now, when you get like that, God can use that person. But you have to choose. Right? right? And that's managing your mind, managing mm -hmm. your emotions, mm -hmm. managing your body, all of that. 100%. That, excellent. You know, I love what Doug Jones said. He, he was our, um, mm -hmm. uh, over our Rayma alumni. And he, and he said this in one of our classes at Rama. He said, he said your, your beliefs mm -hmm. much, must govern what you think, mm -hmm. what you say, and what you do. Because they're not true beliefs if they don't control that, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, so if you're having trouble with your body, jump on the tongue. Mm -hmm. Look at the words you're saying. People do it all the time. Well, I'm so stupid. Really? You believe that. I could sit there and look at you and say, Ian, you're the most brilliant person I know. But if you don't believe it and you say, no, I'm stupid. I'll never amount to anything. You're, you get what you believe. Make sense? So if we want to truly please God and be ready for his coming... We have to choose to put this flesh under. We have to choose to put this mind 
on things of God. And in fact, it even tells you, it says, whatever is good, pure, and loving of a good report, think on these things. So that's a good confirmation, Lord. So if I, don't, if I can't choose what I think, why would He command me to do that? See, I want, you to, I want you to shift your thinking for a minute. I want you to start thinking of commandments as not like, thou shalt not. I want you to think of commandments as empowerments. When He says something, that authorizes you to have it. For example, when He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, there's your authority to do it. And then when you start down that road, now you're empowered. Yeah. Now the anointing and the gifts and the, not the gifts, the anointing or the grace to do it is there. Right. But I want you to see the commandments as enablers. If he says, thou shalt not commit adultery, that's good news. That means I'm able to not commit adultery. I have the ability to do that. Yeah. When it says, don't lust after a woman's beauty, I have the ability to not lust after her. If I believe what it says and I act on that word. That's good. It's true. Right? Mm -hmm. So what are we talking about? We're talking about getting ready. How much time do we have? We've got 15 minutes. So here's the bottom line. We choose the state of readiness that we are in. That's good. God can't choose it. You choose it how? By where you spend your time, where you spend your money, where you put your effort. Right? If you say you're sold out, let me look at your bank account and see where your money goes. That's good. Let me see where your time goes. And then we'll talk about how sold out you are. Now let me say this. Let's, let's do this. Let's start from ground zero. Okay? Let's say you're like, okay, how do I start? Let's just push the reset button. Okay. And, and teach everybody how to start right from ground zero. Right. Okay. Start with five minutes a day in prayer and five minutes a day meditating one scripture. That's good. And you say, oh, but I want to do more. Okay, great. But a year from now, are you still doing that? So what if you woke up every morning and just said, Lord, 10 minutes, five minutes I'm going to pray, five minutes I'm going to meditate a scripture. But and what if you did it like every day? A chapter, right? Just like reading a chapter. Yeah. And oh. you did it every day. Yeah. Every day. Mm -hmm. You can start there. So, so everybody can do that. See? And then from there, you can increase. What do I mean by meditate a scripture? Well, let's say, I, let's say right here I have Romans 12.1. And, and I'm going to demonstrate meditation. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Who's he talking to? Brethren. Oh, I'm a brethren. Okay, because I know this is, is, is to me. It, the book of Romans is written to the church, right? So I know that I'm a, I'm a brethren. I am a brother of Paul here. Wow. So I beseech you or I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Wait, 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 wait. He's not beating me over the head here. He's saying by the mercies of God. That's mercy. God has mercy on you that you, well, who's he talking to? Me. That I present, did God, pre no, 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 no. It says, I got to present my body, mm. a living sacrifice, holy. See, so you, 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 you meditate on it. People think, well, I don't have time to do that. <laughs> no, you're meditating all the time. You're just meditating. On, you know what meditating, you know what fear is? Meditating on the lies of the devil. That's really what worry is. Yeah. How am I going to pay my bills? What am I going to do? Well, how am I going to do? 
True. You're meditating. Yeah. Where it says in, in Jeremiah or, or Joshua 1, this book of law shall not depart for your eyes, but you meditate in day and night. Mm -hmm. People twist that and say, this book of my bills, I'm meditating on day and night. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Yeah, this job I'm meditating. I'm me right. Why this do marriage. you think men? Ha why do you think fifty percent supposedly of men have problems with lust? It's because they're meditating on it. Right. They're, they're talking it. it. They're entertaining it. They're thinking it. They're entertaining it. Mm -hmm. Through the eye gate. Through the eye gate. There's no such thing as looking at something and listening to something and getting something else. Yeah. You have to. No habla español, right? <laughs> Poquito. Is it, is it that men have to like bounce their eyes? What does that mean? Like you see a woman bounce your eyes? What does that mean? It mean meaning look away or? I don't know. I've heard that. Well, I what what I would bounce them in the, the, the pond? Bounce them in the trash? Give me glasses, man. If your eyes are bouncing, you get them checked. You don't look at. They don't look around. They don't look nowhere. They just look down, or they don't have eye contact. And sometimes that's good. Yeah, sometimes that's good too. What I did long time ago when I was Ian's age, and and when I or a little older when I started learning these things, um, the first thing I did when the devil tried to mess with me again, I'm talking about. Let's start at ground zero. Yeah, you can apply these principles to everything. What are we talking about? Getting ready. Yep. Getting ready for his coming. Yes. What can you do to be ready? God's not going to make you ready. You got to choose. That's good. So, for example, I would if I saw a woman and I thought she was pretty or whatever, immediately if he tried to mess with me about it, number one, I started praying for her. You can't lust after and pray for her at the same time. No. Right? Amen. Secondly, like you said, I would look away. Yeah. Or maybe another time. Now, I don't have to do all this now. Right. When I was, you know, before I knew any better, because I have mastered this thing right. by grabbing my and say, you are not going to do that. Right. You are not going to lust after her. Yeah. I'm telling you. So like just talking about like that reset. So how about if someone's like, I don't know how to start a relationship with God. I just gave you the formula. Yeah, so five minutes. Five minutes of prayer. And five minutes, and usually people are like, "Well, I did it for a couple of days, nothing happened." Exactly. Nothing changed. Exactly. See that? What is that? That's lacking self-discipline. Yeah. So here's where people miss it: they don't make a choice. Now I'll get. Let me get back to that in just a second. So, or I would say. You know, I look at a woman, and and there's times I'd be like, you know, let's say she's really beautiful. Wherever I'd stop and I say. You ain't worth dying over. You ain't worth going to hell over. Nobody's that good. Right? You ain't, you ain't worth, worth it, toots. You ain't worth getting a karate chop in the neck by Kim. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I said, too? Like, when I see somebody or I just say, God bless you. I like that. I like that. I like that. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And whatever it takes to build, it's, it's a choice. Now, getting back to what you said, most people have no clue about a choice. See, people do what they want to do. Let's just be real. Right. They, you're doing what you want to do because you chose to do that. Right. It takes just as much effort to choose to pray and read the word for 10 minutes as it does to choose to be lazy. Lazy is a choice. Yeah. You have to choose to do that. Right. Right? We're talking to adults here, right? Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is 
You can choose, like someone says, well, I just can't believe that. That's actually a lie. You can choose to believe anything you want to believe. It's a choice. Yeah. I can't believe that is not true. You choose. If, if Christian says, I just bench press 500 pounds, you got a choice. Now, Ian doesn't believe that. <laughs> right? So, so you have to choose to believe that he's a man of his word. Right? right? So all I'm saying is, all of we're, all this is a choice. You have to choose you this day who you will serve. Well, perfect example, right? When I was telling Ian about healing, and he thought I was full of crap. And then he realized, oh wait, healing is for today. Yeah. Then he believed me, it was a choice, right? You chose to believe it. At first, you chose not to believe it. Based on what? Past experiences. See, see, people think, well, you know, you know, like with a hundredfold return and giving, for example. Well, I don't believe that hundredfold. Based on what? Based on your experiences, right? Why haven't you received a hundredfold? Because you don't believe and expect to receive a hundredfold. So what I'm saying is, you are getting what you expect. So what are you expecting? Are you expecting to change and be better tomorrow than you were today? Are you expecting to jump up and say, this is what I'm going to do? For example, I know phase one of my ministry right now is to work this secular job. So come Sunday, I say, hey, hey, oh, we're going to work tomorrow. We got to hit this thing. We got to focus. I got to finish my assignment. Because when I finish this assignment, God's going to promote me. So I got I to gotta lock in. He sent me to help Pastor David. I got to go help Pastor David. So sleeping in is not an option. I got to be there to help him. If I'm not there, I can't help. I got to finish my assignment. See, and when you get that, if he came, and this is what he said to me, he said, son, if I came tomorrow, you would hear well done. Why? Because I'm doing exactly what he's telling me to do this day. See, you can't make, and I love this. This is for somebody. Satan doesn't care he, he doesn't, you notice he doesn't tempt you to just put something off forever. Just not today. Just not now. If I can get you to not read the word today, tomorrow's coming later. But you can't do anything about tomorrow. What is it? Yesterday's today's tomorrow or... Tomorrow's yesterday's today, something like that. And that's what he does. He steals a word. He, well, yeah, that, yeah. It says he comes to steal, but kill, and destroy. He distracts yes. you, but he's trying to steal the word. But the point is, if he can get you to delay it, yeah. that's all he wants you to do. Then the next day that's happens. The next day it. happens, you'll delay it. Because when I'm day. listening to my gospel music, and then all of a sudden the station changes. And then it's rap and everything. And I'm like, no, we're not listening to this in this car. Mm-hmm. And he tries to do it. But see, if you do yeah. some little stuff like that, yeah. you'll catch even the big stuff like that. And you'll be like, wait, wait, wait. There's, there's not a coincidence. Or wait, maybe God's trying to speak to me in a different way. Right. Yeah. Because you're catching the little stuff. Well, look at things on TV now. Back when, 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 when Grandma and Grandpa were kids, there was, th- there was things that... <laughs> When they got old enough to have a TV. There's only goats and lambs and right? cows and sheep. But there was things on TV. 
<laughs> no TV? How old were you when you got a TV? Like 12. 12 years old. Okay. So, so when you were 12, right, so 12 years old TV, there was things then that are on TV now that would be totally unacceptable. Oh, yeah. But because okay. we've been conditioned yes. to believe that it's okay, yeah. we keep introducing it, keep introducing it, keep introducing it, and you become desensitized. Yeah. Okay, so, so we're going to wrap this up here. So you have to grab yourself by the ear and say, this is what you're going to do. How? Making a choice. See, when I went, when I went through um, prisoner warfare training, when I was in the Air Force, if we got shot down, we had to know how to escape and evade and resist. It got so real that you forgot for a time it, it wasn't real, real. And there's times when I'll be watching a movie or something and I'll see certain things that'll trigger and remind me of that training. Now, it's not PTSD uh, because I'm over it, but it was so real. And the point being is, is you know, they, they made it like that on purpose where it, you know, it was so real. But here's my point. They put me in certain situations, but they couldn't control what I thought. See, they can take my clothes, they can water my cell down, but they can't choose what I think. They could beat me and say, don't you say that again, but I can still say it. They can say, you will think this, and no, I won't think that. You can't make me think something I don't want to think. You can't make me say something I don't want to say. Even if you, you could beat me to an inch of my life, but if I won't open my mouth, see what I'm saying? It's your choice. You can choose to be lazy or you can choose to be motivated. You can choose to get up and serve God or you can choose to, to not serve God. It's a choice. Everything we do is a choice. You can choose to get ready for His second coming or you can choose to, to, to just keep doing status quo. So keep doing what you're doing and you're going to keep getting what you're getting. So what do you want? Now, I realize this is hard and it's, and it, because I'm talking to leaders here. I'm talking to people who, 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 you know, who want to do something for God. Now, let me close it with this. If the only chance we have, if the only chance we have is right here and right now, think about it. I don't get a second chance at this. I don't get a do-over. If I leave this body, that's it. So are you ready to leave this body and stand before God and say, I did everything I knew to do? So this is, if this is the only shot I get to prove faithful over little so He can make me ruler over much, then whose choice is it? It's mine, right? So here's my point, and I want you to really grasp this. When I was in the Air Force, only 1% of the enlisted people flew. Think about that. 1%. 1. Talk about elite. So that's how I want you to see yourself as God's special forces, God's Navy SEALs, if you will. Those that He can send anywhere, at any time, for any reason. God's sharpshooters, yeah. God... Because I always wanted to be elite like that. Not, not elite like I'm better than you, but elite in my thinking. If there's one person you can trust, God, this is it. I'm going to be that man you can trust. I'm going to be the one you can look to. 
So I'm saying all that because if you're born again, let's say, what is there, 6 billion people on the planet now? No, there's like 7, almost 8. Almost 8 billion. Okay, if you're born again, how many billion does that eliminate? And then if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you've been practicing, right? Then if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, how many billion does that eliminate? And then if you spend a few minutes in prayer, a few minutes in the Word, and go to church on a regular basis, you whittle it down to a very, very, very small percentage of the population. Yes. So who is God going to use to rule and reign in His kingdom in the, quote, afterlife? Those that are lazy and can't be trusted and are home working on their backyard instead of being in, in where they're supposed to be? Or those that he can trust? Like those servants. Those servants. Or the women. That's like you, this house. That would be like you missing church Sundays to, to stay home and work on your, your house. Okay, let me get this straight. So God blesses you with a house supernaturally and I'm going to honor him by working on it instead of putting him first. But I can live stream, right? That's, that's it, right? I'll live stream. But no, but you do miss a special yes. message, a special anointing. You miss um, the benefits and gifts of God. I can't tell you how many times I went to church, and if I didn't go, I wouldn't have experienced God's presence. I wouldn't have experienced God's goodness. I wouldn't have been able to pray for that one person or that one assignment to get filled. Yep. So, I mean, I get it. Like, if you guys are like, well, you know, I just haven't found my church home. Well, ask God to direct you. He'll direct or, or, you. Or, you know, I hate to encourage this, but church hop and try to find something that's your home. You know what I mean? You'll find peace. You'll find you'll that know. comfort. And you'll know. Be like, oh, this feels, it feels like I'm right at home. This is my second home. Now, 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 let me, now, how many people have gotten filled with the Spirit since our relationship that you know of? Everybody. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I like. I don't want to over exaggerate. Maybe like twenty. Okay, so twenty people. Okay, so, so 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 where did it all start? Yeah. Okay, let's say. Okay, so you know where this all started? Mm-hmm. A year or so ago, when on my birthday, it might have been two years now. Two years. Um, I oh, yeah. went to church, and the Lord said, "I've given you the ministry of the laying on of hands mm-hmm. for a people to get healed." B, people that fill the Holy Spirit, and C, they know the next step. What if I hadn't showed up at church that day? Can you guarantee me he would have dropped that gift on me? Probably not. So 20 people would have missed out on praying in the Holy Ghost, plus all those people. Just take Chelsea. Just take her. How many people has that woman affected because of her being so on fire for God? So all I'm saying is, what if I hadn't showed up? The Bible says that few are called, or I'm sorry, what does it say? It says many are called, but few are chosen. Can I ask you a deep question? Do it. Who are the chosen ones? Us. Those that freaking showed up. <laughs> right? That's the chosen, right? Those that showed up. That's the chosen ones. It's not, the, it's not the series. <laughs> so here's my question to you. If God's going to choose from faithful people, who is he going to use to rule and reign? Chosen. Those that are chosen that are faithful. 
those that are proven faithful in little so I can make you ruler over much. Now let's address this. Jesus, you know, people say, well, you shouldn't be talking about money and finance. You be talking about souls. Number one, how do you read souls broke? Number two, Jesus said, if you are not faithful in unrighteous mammon, which is money, who will trust you with the true riches, which is souls? Jesus said that. So if he can't trust you with a dollar, he can't trust you with a soul. See, we've got that twisted. Right. I think so. I think the issue, too, at times is that people don't want to fully commit in. Right. Because Why? Because they think they're going to lose their life. Thank you. And they think that they're going to like not be able to have fun or... or or have this exciting life, uh-huh. and really, uh-huh. it says in God's word, whoever loses his life for my sake finds it. There you go. And whoever keeps their life there will you go. lose it. And the thing is, you know, what really gets me is that, you know, the Lord says, like in the book of Revelation, he says, if you're lukewarm. Right? Yeah, I was like, going to quote that earlier. Right? He's, like, he's like, I either want you to be hot or cold. Because if you're in the middle, you're yep. lukewarm. I was going to say I'm that gonna earlier. I'm going to spit you out. What, it's, a, it's, a word, <coughs> it's a word of disgust to uh-huh. vomit out. Well, who likes w- lukewarm coffee? No one. Yeah. Oh. Who likes lukewarm water? Yeah. So, so, so <laughs> I'll say this and then I'll close this up uh, and then let you have it, Christian. But here's the whole point, though. We only get one shot at this. Okay? And, and you were talking about... Before lukewarm, what, what were you talking about? You were talking about... About losing your life. Lo- you Losing your life. Oh, thank you, Lord. That was it. So look at, look at, look at the show, The Voice. They, these people try out for The Voice. Thousands of people try out. How many actually get on the show? Very, very, very small percentage. Right. How many actually make it on a team? But yet these people sleep in their cars... Drive all across country for my music, my dream, but won't even go across the street for God's ministry and God's kingdom. That's messed up. And these people, a lot of them won't even make it or they'll have a short-lived career. We're talking about eternity forever and ever and ever and ever. Back in the biblical days, they'd live a thousand years. Think about that. That's like if somebody was born in the year uh, 1000. They'd still be alive today. It boggles the mind. But we're talking about eternity. Forever and ever and ever. So you're going to work 20 years, 30 years in a job for five years and then you die. We're talking about eternity. What you do right here, right now determines where you'll spend eternity, but how you'll spend eternity. We're building our eternal resume. We're building our eternal resume. You are being auditioned. You are being trained to rule and reign. With Christ. So what do you want? Do you want to spend it on this life and be lazy and slothful and call the wicked servant? Or do you want to say what else is possibly more important than him? What person can you put your complete trust in that won't let you down? He's it. There is nobody else. I love you guys, but I'm going to let you down. Yep. I, have a, I have a flesh. I'm not perfect. 
But God will never leave you nor forsake you. Yet we spend more time trying to impress people who don't give two flips about us. <laughs> yeah. But true. turn our back on God yeah. who has never forsaken us. Yeah. And have you noticed that too? Like you can work so hard to please someone and you can never please them. Never please them. And the Lord's like, just give me you. And you're it's all well I want. Pleasing. And he's and he's and you're well pleasing to He'll him. He'll take you right? just as, as you, you are, right? He won't leave you that way. Right. So so well that's pretty much all I got. Okay. So Christian, do you want to pray us out and, and, and yeah, give Yeah, and I'll just add on too, just the the people that are maybe hesitant about, you know, like I don't know if I really want to do this. I don't know if I want to be a Christian. I don't know, you know. If I really stay committed, is it going to be worth it? And I can tell you from a standpoint where I was, where I was doing whatever I wanted, but I never, I, I never had the satisfaction or fulfillment that I have now yeah. being committed. Oh my and, gosh, I, yeah. and I'm telling you, we're all searching for that. We're all searching for that in some sort of way, shape, form, through a person, through a material, through a job, through a career, through a marriage. You're mm-hmm. looking for the satisfaction and fulfillment that you can only get from mm-hmm. God. Well look, well, look at you, what, three weeks? Mm-hmm. You, you went to sleep three weeks ago one way, mm-hmm. and you woke up three weeks later. You're not even the same person. Three weeks! So you can go to bed one way and literally wake up, yeah. and everything has changed. Yeah. Just like that. Like when I woke up and went to that church service, everything changed. Yeah. From that point forward, the anointing increased. And you, I think you mentioned that because I, some of you know I don't watch sports anymore. The Lord sp- said I was the most diehard cowboy fan you ever saw in your life. Oh, diehard. More than Chelsea? Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I, I laid it all down. You know what the Lord said? You can't be full of sports and me at the same time. And I was the most like avid... This. Oh my gosh. I would listen, I would spend 40 hours a week in football. That's a job. 40 hours. Full time. Full time. Not counting basketball, not counting baseball. <laughs> I was full of it. Now I was still serving God. I was a fanatic. It would if those idiots lost, it would ruin my week. Who does that? <laughs> carnal, carnal baby. Still filled with the Holy Ghost, still love the Lord. But you can't be full of this and this at the same time. Yeah. Now, is it wrong? What's that? You can't straddle the fence. Yeah, you can't straddle the fence. There's nothing wrong with watching sports or whatever. But when it controls you like that, God is a jealous God. He, he'll have no, man, he, he, no, no other gods before him. Yeah. So my point was, as soon as I laid that down, now it took months and months of my confessions. I have no need of you. I have no desire for you. And now it's like if somebody doesn't bring it up, I don't even think about it anymore. So you made it an idol? Basically, it, it, it was an idol to me. That's a great point. And, and I would get emotional sometimes. Emotional. Over a stupid football game. Really? These guys are making millions of dollars, could care less about me, and I'm going to get emotional over you? And you're going to go home to your 20,000 square foot home whether you win or lose? Yeah, right. You got this 20, 50 million guaranteed that more people make in their whole life? 
off one good season and I'm going to get worked up about that? Yeah. What am I saying? You, you, as soon as I laid that down, it was almost like the next day that anointing increased. I seen it too. I could see it on you. Yeah. The thing is, we, I yeah, think with, with the life that you choose, it's going to have consequences, either good or bad. Good or bad. Excellent and, point. And the thing is, I was just imagining when you're saying being filled, you were, you can't be filled with both things. You can't. So imagine if I'm like, hey, Shauna, what, what do you want to drink? And you decide you want a coffee, but you also want orange juice as well. I'm just going to pour it all in one cup and here you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're going to be like, what the heck? This is mixed. This is disgusting. You're going to spit it out at me. Yep. I'll never drink it again. What is it? <laughs> I'll never drink it again. So the thing is, yeah. once you get that life-giving water that's just full of him, well, what did he you, say? Want, you, you don't want anything else. He said, can a fresh fountain produce salt water? Right. Can a fig tree produce olive berries? You got to choose. Yeah. So all I'm saying is, what do you want? And also that scripture, how does it go? You lose your life, but you actually gain it. Yeah, like, like Christian was talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Because what you're saying is, God, I trust you yeah. so much that I'm willing to say, here you go. But the thing is why people don't Fear. Do it. Fear. It's fear, but they don't know what they're missing either. Right. They don't know what they're missing. If you've never, you know, say, you know. They're not oh, willing to try. Well, I don't want to go to Hawaii, but someone that's been to Hawaii, you're like, dude, you got to go to Hawaii. Uh -huh. It's awesome. You yeah. do this, this, this. And, you know, they can, the other person will talk themselves out of it, but the one that's been there, yeah. the ones that experience the presence, the atmosphere of it, yeah. they want to go back. That's it. And I think that's why we come in and we tell them, and it almost entices them. And then once they get a taste and they see the goodness of God, they're like, oh, I've been missing this this whole time. That's it. That's like I've talked to Carolyn, Alice, you. I mean, all types of people, they're like, I've been missing this yeah. this whole time. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not religion. It's relationship. No, it's yeah, relationship. It's, it's relationship with Jesus. You want to lead people yeah. in that? Thank you, So, Lord. you know, if anyone's listening online or, or you know, you don't you. really know who Jesus is, Thank you, Father. You know, it says in the book of Revelation that Jesus is at the door and he's knocking. Yes. And Jesus won't open that door unless you open the door for him to step in. Yes. And then he says, once you open that door, when Jesus knocks on that door and you open and say, Jesus, come in. He says that you will dine with him and he will dine yes. with you. And that's the beautiful part about this. This is, that's why God gave you a free will. Yes. God gave you a free will to choose him or not, to choose to dine with him or not. But yes. God wants a decision on your end because Jesus, Jesus has already made his decision for you. He wants you and he wants you because he's died for you. He's paid that ultimate price that you can be set free, that you can be born again, that you can be delivered, that you can be healed, that you can be set free from strongholds, from bondages that you've had your whole life. And this is an altar call for somebody that wants to make that relationship with Jesus today. Now, I'm not going to do a whole salvation prayer, but I want you to go before God and say, God, I've messed up. I've sinned against you, and I need your forgiveness. I believe, God, that you sent Jesus yes. as my Lord and Savior. I believe he died for my sins. And on that third day, he was raised back to life by your spirit, Father. And that I ask that same spirit, that Holy Spirit, to come and live inside me. I believe that Jesus is the king of my life now, and I make him my Lord. Now say that in the most authentic, beautiful way. Thank you, 
and Jesus will become Lord over your life. He'll become Savior. He'll become Master. He'll become your best friend. So if anyone on the, on the line Thanks that hasn't done that, I encourage you to do that today. Thank because you. I don't want to just manipulate you to do it. I want you to make that decision to do it Come today. On. So, Lord God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the people here. We thank you, Lord God, that you've opened up the hearts of who needs to hear your word today, the ears that need to hear your word today, the eyes that need to see the true beauty and how sweet you are, Jesus, yes, how precious Lord, you we are, love you. We and love how you're you, so merciful and you're great, but you also want a relationship you, with Father. us. Yes. So, Lord God, I ask you that... You, Father, that you'd rebuke the devourer from stealing the word today yes. that was sown in fertile soil. Yes. And Lord God, that you would grow righteous trees and, and, and soldiers for your kingdom for your kingdom that would bear much fruit. Lord yes, God, bless Lord. each and every person you, that's here, that's listening, that's tuned in on Instagram, Praise Zoom, you, Facebook. Father. Whatever the case is, Lord God, that you would reach them where they're at. Yes. And that we said ministering spirits of fire to the heirs of salvation. Thank you. So Lord. we thank you, Father, for it. And we give you all the going on in praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Um, we thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll, we'll catch you later.